3: To Voices That Glow, thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes
4: everything. at and Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools
5: From the Berkshires to the Sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 76, Rob Parker.
3: Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Rob Parker. What a great show we have for you today. Xavier Shrugs, the former Major League First baseman and current MLB Network host. He joins us. Also, Mark Gonzalez, the AP baseball writer out of Chicago. He'll stop by. That plus Fowler Fair. Let's go.
5: Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one,
3: CBS Sports reported on Wednesday that the Juan Soto sweepstakes has a leading contender, and that contender is the St. Louis Cardinals. There are big-name markets involved. There's the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Giants, even the Seattle Mariners. But CBS Sports is saying that St. Louis – is the team right now that has a great shot at uh having enough to send to Washington for Juan Soto who turned down that 440 million dollar contract with the Nationals and now appears to be you know on the move and traded by the August 2nd deadline of course the Nationals want a haul so it's going to take a lot of um players from the minor leagues and what not to make this thing happen. But, uh, you know, remember that right now CBS Sports is uh, saying that it is the St. Louis Cardinals, which would be something because uh, the Cardinals have two of the most promising position players in the minor leagues in uh, uh, especially that third baseman Jordan Walker. So uh, we'll wait and see how that turns out.
5: Number two. On
3: Wednesday, the Los Angeles Dodgers were trying to avoid a sweep by the lowly Washington Nationals in Los Angeles. They lost the first two games of a three-game series at Dodger Stadium. And for some reason, as great as the Dodgers are, they have the second-best record in baseball behind the uh, New York Yankees. The Dodgers have struggled with bad teams. The Dodgers coming into Wednesday were only three and eight against the Pirates and Nationals, teams with uh you know wins of 40 and 34 respectively this season. And uh, once again, Bullpen issues Dave Roberts' decisions uh, out of the bullpen, and if the Dodgers need to make something happen, come the uh, trade deadline of August 2nd. there'll have to be some bullpen help. Because the Dodgers are basically loaded everywhere. They were reeling off before the Washington Nationals came to town. They had won eight games in a row. Everything seemed to be clicking. And, uh, instead they run into a buzzsaw called the Washington Nationals. Number three. Don't look now, but the New York Metropolitans could be getting even better. And they have, uh, coming into Wednesday, the fourth best record in baseball when you talk about the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, and then the Mets, and uh, they're looking to get their ace, Jacob DeGrom, back. Jacob DeGrom on uh, Tuesday night, he allowed two home runs, struck out six in his fourth rehab start. So uh, the Mets are hoping that the two-time Cy Young Award winner uh, can uh, shake off the little rust the little bumps in the road, and be ready to take the mound back in the major leagues, which will be perfect for them as they go into the last couple of months of the regular season. It's a miracle that the Mets were able to compile a record that they have without DeGrom, without Scherzer, who both had injuries at the same time. Of course, Scherzer's back, and now they look for DeGrom to get back. And if they do, the Mets will be definitely a team to be afraid of in the postseason when you start a three game when you start a series in the postseason and Scherzer and DeGrom are your first two starters, you got a great chance to advance.
5: Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn.
3: Oh, it's so good. Let's welcome to the podcast. Former Major League First Baseman Xavier Shrugs, who is now with MLB Network and has a new show called Off Base, which debuted this season. Xavier, welcome to the podcast.
6: Hey, Rob, appreciate you having me, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for, it it, it was really good to see you. All-Star break, we finally got to catch up, so good to meet you and uh, glad to be on here.
3: No doubt about it, and you're doing great work. Tell us about the new show and how much fun that is. I've seen it a few times.
6: Oh yeah, man. It's it's amazing. It's a it's fun just to be able to sit back and kind of just talk about the ins and outs of the game, the the things that we don't necessarily get to celebrate all the time. Um and definitely bring attraction from that younger generation. Uh that's one area where we've definitely seen a lot of growth uh and being able to attract and motivate people to see the really cool things within the game. Um not necessarily everything on the field, but some of those things off the field as well. What, what guys are wearing to the field, what type of music we're listening to, uh, what the fan trends are, are going on in the seats. Uh, so we get to do a lot of that, and we just get to sit back and, and talk and also debate a lot. That's one of my favorite aspects that we get to debate all the time.
3: Yeah, that kind of stuff is fun. Definitely will attract a younger audience. And we were both in Los Angeles at the All-Star Game, and it was live, and and there were a lot of young people who were excited to see the All-Star Game in Los Angeles.
7: Yeah,
6: it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, you just think about so many stars there. Um, Los Angeles just does it right, right? You know, they know how to take care of people. Um, The Dodgers Stadium was lit. Uh, Everybody was having a great time and good to really catch up. it, with all the people within our game that really continue to elevate our game. I, I think our game is is definitely at the height of, of where it's been. It's good to see the diversity within the game continuing to grow um, on all aspects, not just players, but as well as media and, and all the different platforms that we have now um, surrounding our game.
3: Let's talk about some baseball on the field. And the Mets and Yankees Subway Series at Citi Field Game 1 was Tuesday night. And the Mets got that. Um, But uh, New York having two teams, both really good. The Yankees with the best record in baseball and the Mets with, I think, the fourth best record in baseball. Talk about the rivalry with those two teams.
6: Well, it doesn't get that much better than a Subway series. And uh, baseball is that much better when both New York teams are playing really good baseball. Uh, I look at both of these teams are different, too. You look at the Yankees. They're boppers. They're going to hit a lot of home runs. Um, They're going to put runs up on the board. The Mets do it a little bit different. They're going to score with runners in scoring position. They do a good job of working the count. Um, you got a lot of guys that do a good job of getting on base, not a lot of swing and miss in a lot of those guys. So you look at the two different ways these teams approach one another, I think we're going to get a good preview as to how these teams end up playing in the postseason because I should expect both these teams – to be in the postseason and make a deep run as well.
3: Speaking of boppers, before the All-Star break, there were some, you know, seam heads, analytics, geeks who were talking about Otani is really the AL MVP. And Aaron Judge, who's been tearing the cover off the ball, came off the All-Star break. He's hitting five straight. And Xavier has uh, five home runs during that five-game hit streak, and had one Tuesday night against the Mets. Is he your AL MVP if the season ended right now? If the
6: season ended right now, Aaron Judge is my AL MVP, the best player on the best team. Uh, I just look at what he's done from a consistency standpoint. He's done it from day one, Uh, a guy that bet on himself. The numbers are there. Uh, I love how this guy has now even played center field a lot of days you're looking at somebody that's done it in multiple positions. Um, he brings that team the most value that we've seen. And the Angels is a situation where Otani hasn't necessarily hit the way we might have expected him to. Um, it, it, he has pitched the way that we would expect expected MVP to pitch. But I'm looking at what Judge has done for the best team in baseball. There's no denying he's that MVP.
3: And I'm not poo-pooing what uh, Otani's done. He's incredible. We're watching a modern-day Babe Ruth. But his most meaningful at-bat was probably opening day. I mean, when you're 23 and a half games out or whatever it is now, you can just go up there, take your at-bats. You're not really affecting winning or losing. And I think Judge is playing in more meaningful games and more meaningful at-bats. Is that fair?
6: That's absolutely fair. I would. I, I think the, the conversation changes if Otani's having more meaningful games as well as dominating a little bit more at the plate. Then we're talking about a different conversation. And then we're probably talking about a different Angels team as well. But I look at what Judge has done. Um, this dude has not stopped carrying this Yankees team from the beginning. Uh, he, I even look at the defensive metrics have been good. The base running is good. His all-around game is at a whole nother level this year, and, and he's got to be at the top of that list.
3: Our guest is Xavier Shrugs from the MOB Network, the new show Off Base, the former Major League First baseman. Let's talk about betting on yourselves and uh, Juan Soto turned down $440 million, almost a half a billion dollars. And, and and I have to hit my microphone and say,
6: is this on? How do you turn down a half a billion dollars, Xavier? <laughs> you turn down a half a billion dollars when you know you have the possibility to make a lot more than that here pretty soon. Um, only 23 years old. You got to look at what you can do in the future. Um, Also, you look at Soto's once-in-a-generational type player. We're comparing him to Ted Williams, uh, the the greatest hitter of all time. Uh, When you're getting those types of comparisons, every single team is going to want to find a way to have you be on their team, whether it be through free agency, whether it be through trade first. got the trade deadline coming up. Very soon, um, everybody's going to try to find a way to acquire a Juan Soto. Now, it's going to take a lot, but you look at what Juan Soto brings to the table from an all-aspect type of game, right? He does everything extremely well. The one thing that you have to think about is we haven't had a comparison of somebody turning down $440 million and then being traded. Uh, We don't know quite what that is worth. So we'll find out what teams think it's worth, but it'll be interesting to see uh where what jersey he'll be wearing here pretty soon.
3: Last thing Xavier, the team that I want to watch the most as we uh pick up the second half of the season is the San Diego Padres. Uh Fernando Tatis Jr has taken batting practice. It's just uh, a matter of time before he's back and the Padres have been able to hang in. I know they're are 10 and a half games out coming into uh, Wednesday, but think about it. They won 55 games without their best player. Are they a team we need to look at?
6: Yeah, absolutely, and, and the San Diego boy might come out at me a little bit here, but I look at the Friars, and this is a team that's had the pitching depth that they've never had. This is a whole different team when you talk about every guy that they have. Now, they just recently had Mackenzie Gore go down with the injury, but I still look at a Yu Darvish. I still look at Joe Musgrove. I still look at Blake Snell getting better. What These about Clevenger? Clevenger as well. There's, so, there's a lot of depth within this rotation as well as the bullpen. And then when you have a Manny Machado who has picked up the weight from a Fernando Tatis Jr. being gone, and then you think about adding another piece to that in a Fernando Tatis Jr. And let's not forget, A.J. Preller, he's the one that's going to make some moves during this trade deadline as well. He's not afraid to go out there and get some, and get somebody to help really impact this team. I think this is a team we definitely got to be looking for, especially as the Giants start to slip back a little bit. They haven't been playing the best of baseball in that NL West either.
3: His name is Xavier Shrugs, of course, the former Major League First baseman now at the MLB Network. The TV show is called Off Base. Check it out. And, Xavier, thanks for the knowledge, my man. We appreciate you.
5: I appreciate you having me. Have a good one. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
5: It's time for the Pocket Protector Central. The analytic numbers you need to know. Well, maybe. Anthony Masterson is
3: his name. BS Analytics is his game. What do you got for me, Anthony?
1: Ever since the days of Babe Ruth, scientists have tried to find what makes a perfect swing... Well, perfect. Is it speed? Timing? The bat's path? Is it a combo? Well, we've come a long way, but even now we're still trying to figure out what exactly makes a swing so beautiful. Enter Statcast bat tracking, slowly being put out in a dry run in only Houston's Minute Maid Park and Dodger Stadium. So we are far from seeing a finished product here, however, what we are able to see is enough to get stat heads excited. For now, swings are measured by how fast the quote-unquote sweet spot of the bat is traveling, about 6 inches from the head of the lumber. Once we're able to compile more data points, we can find more conclusive data, but with the results from mid-May through July 10th, we find the average swing is about 80 miles per hour. We're also able to see that every home run tracked was hit between 3 inches and 9.7 inches from the head, meaning you can't hit a dinger off the end of the bat and you can't hit it off the handle. So where does that leave a leaderboard, however incomplete it may be? Well, and remember, it was just games in Houston and L.A., No surprise, Seattle rookie superstar Julio Rodriguez had the highest average swing speed at 96.2 miles per hour, followed closely by Chicago's Luis Robert and the Yankees' John Carlos Stanton. The fastest contact, the Mets' Pete Alonso getting one off the sweet spot at 107.8 miles per hour for a home run off Houston's Jose Urquidy on June 21st. So the more data we can compile, the more fun that tracking is going to be
8: turn money into more
5: money now it's time for betting on the bases with
8: dave
4: gascott love
5: that money love that
8: money
4: rob thank you very much it feels like it was just yesterday that we had the all-star game american league taking care of business for the ninth straight time in a row anyways we get back to the regular season activities I'm not going to touch the Yankees right now this weekend series against the Kansas City Royals. Garrett Coles on Friday night, so no chance. There's going to be a lot of chalk in that one. So staying away from that, but a couple games I will look forward to. Milwaukee playing better balls of late. They're going to be in Boston against the Red Sox. I'm taking Milwaukee in this one on a Friday evening at 7:10. Meanwhile, Dodgers and Rockies. This one is in the Mile High City. Julio Arias going for Los Angeles. Nine and six this year with an ERA at 2.72. Doesn't matter. I'm taking the over in this contest between the Dodgers and the Rockies. Minnesota's at San Diego. Blake Snell's only 2-5 and five this year with the ERA at 475. I'm still taking the Friars. They're trying to get Fernando Tatis Jr. back in action as quickly as possible. The one other game I have my eyes on, Astros and Mariners. Justin Verlander has been an absolute rock this year for the Astros. 13-3, and three, ERA sub-2. I'm going to take Houston in the first five against the Mariners, so take that to the bank. Rob, back to you.
3: Hey, what That ball is!
5: It
4: was a big week in the big leagues.
8: Who's up? Who's I I don't believe it!
5: My oh my! Is it foul or is it fair? And now, from MLBBro.com, here's JR Gamble.
3: The MLB trade deadline is swiftly approaching. That's right, August second, and there are some major contenders looking for power to add to the lineup. JR, is it foul or fair to say that Josh Bell is the number one available
8: power guy on the market? Fair. It's a fair ball. Josh Bell is having a tremendous season. He's slashing 305, 388, 496 slugging on a Nationals team going nowhere. He's on a one-year show-me deal and has exceeded all expectations. He's almost guaranteed to be moved and would be a tremendous addition to any team already in contention. Bell has always been known for his power, and with the exception of that COVID season, which is pretty much irrelevant because it was only 60 games, he's been super solid and one of the best first basemen in MLB. His average is up and his power numbers are slightly down, but that's just led to him being a more productive all-around hitter, which will benefit someone tremendously come September, October. His 14% K rate is also a career best. He's had seasons of 37 homers and 27 homers in the last four years, so we know he's a straight power G. Time to give this MLB bro his respect. If Josh Bell is traded to a contender, he's sure to be a difference maker. And with the incentive of having something to play for, sky is the limit. When Rob was a newspaper
5: columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new.
3: Now let's welcome to the podcast a good friend of mine, Another ink stain wrench, ink wrench stain, how we say it, uh, write, uh baseball writer, Mark Gonzalez, who writes for AP out in Chicago, covered the Cubs and the White Sox. Mark, welcome to the podcast.
7: Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
3: No doubt. Always uh, good to catch up with you. And I do want to talk about the two Chicago teams. Uh Let's start with the uh, White Sox, who people had high expectations for. Uh, hadn't happened uh can this team is it enough time for them to get this thing righted can they still make the playoffs and and then we'll worry about them or, or where are the white sox headed at this point
7: well they're they're plodding along uh slowly but surely when i say surely they finally knocked down their deficit to within uh, uh realistic striking distance the big issue is uh can they continue that especially because they only went Ten and nine during a stretch of 19 consecutive games against their division foes, including the Twins and Indians, or excuse me, the Guardians. Uh, you know, having said that, they're starting to get uh, some of the regulars back. Uh, Luis Robert still has dizzy spells; he's not going to be ready to come off the IL on Friday. Um, they've really dealt with a lot of injuries and a lack of power, which has been alarming when you see their lineup and see all the big sticks they have from last year. But I think uh, in the end, they have to add uh, relief pitching.
3: Coming into Wednesday, they were three games out. It's not like they're buried. Uh, what about the Twins who lead, and then the Guardians are in second place? Are, are the Twins good enough to hang on?
7: I'm not so sure. I think they probably need another starter. Um uh, their lineup is pretty good at the top with the, the kid just really, uh, hits the all fields leading lead the bigs or he's up there and, and batting average, something I still value. Uh, but, uh, they're starting pitching. It, it drops off after the first couple of guys. So, um, they've surprised a lot of people. It's not just Korea and Buxton. It's other guys, but, um, I'm not so sure they can sustain this
3: let's go to Chicago's other team the Cubbies who uh we knew it was going to be uh, a rebuild younger players coming into Wednesday 17 games under 500 uh 13 and a half games out in the uh, NL Central uh the Cubs uh, I know they're rebuilding how long is this rebuild going to take and are they a little ahead schedule or are they right where we thought they would be?
7: I think they're right where we thought they would be. That's not going to go over well with a fan base who's going through uh, the second uh, rebuilding program in 10 years and uh, a lack of spending uh, by the ownership group was really infuriated the fan base. Um, but they're putting all their eggs in one basket. And that's the, the farm system right now. We know about the Darvish trade from a couple years back and now we're just waiting to see where Wilson Contreras is headed. Yeah. So, um, The fans are kind of like wondering what's next. You know, they won six in a row, but, you know, as you said, they're still, uh, you know, in third place, 13 and a half games out. So they're kind of wondering what's next. Um, The ownership group and management has been patient, but fans aren't so patient.
3: Yeah, it's it's been bad. and, And if I've been, I was at Wrigley earlier this year and, I get it. You know, it's great to go to the ballpark and all that, but people had gotten used to them having a good team and winning, right? It's hard to accept that, especially when ownership has money. The Cubs have plenty of money and not willing to spend it.
7: Yeah. I mean, cause they lost, as you know, three big ticket guys last year, they traded on and Baez, Bryant and Rizzo, but this off season, you know, other than Marcus Stroman, uh, they really didn't extend themselves in the free agent market. So, Uh, That's really chafed a lot of fans, and they're waiting to see what happens this offseason as well as where uh, Contreras is headed and what they get back in return.
3: Our guest is Mark Gonzalez, uh, AP, baseball writer from Chicago, also covered the Cubs and White Sox for the Tribune in Chicago. Uh, Let me ask you about a couple other American League teams. The Astros and Verlander has come back and been unbelievable, to be honest. I'm shocked by how well he's pitched coming off a major injury. And of course the Yankees are the cream of uh, all of baseball. Talk about the American league. When you talk about the Yankees and Astros, uh, are they, are they headed for the, uh, ALCS, those two teams?
7: I, I think so. You know, even though, uh, Yankees had a rough time against the Mets Tuesday night, they're still, uh, the class of that division, which is very impressive when you look at, uh, how they've dominated their 11 and a half games up, uh, or so, at least double digits on Toronto and, and the rest of the pack. It, it's been very, very impressive how things have crystallized. Uh, they've had some speed bumps and still move along. You know, Chapman had his struggles, but they move around, move ahead nicely. Same with Gallo. Uh, the offense has been impressive. You know, Matt Carpenter. Wow, I mean, what an acquisition that that's been. That guy couldn't so,
3: hit in St. Louis. It's unbelievable.
7: Yeah, he 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 was getting to be like an automatic out at the end. But I give the guy a lot of credit for. Uh, reinventing himself, he's done a terrific job, and and uh, kudos to the scouting department for finding a guy like him who was way way down and looked like he was done, and, and resurrecting his career.
3: And how about the Astros, Dusty Baker? You know, people thought after they lost the World Series that that's probably his last chance. You know, like Dusty has one other thing to accomplish in baseball, right? Is winning a World Series because he's done just about everything else, including being on deck when Hank Aaron hit his seven hundred and fifteenth home run and being a part of the high five with Glenn Burke, with the Dodgers. I mean, what hasn't Dusty done? But it's, it looks like he still has a shot to win a World Series.
7: Yeah, he does. And, you know, people have knocked him for saying he uses his bullpen too much. Well, he's getting a lot of mileage out of his starters, and it's not just for Atlanta. They're doing a terrific job, and I think – Sometimes uh, uh, you can tell how good a manager is by reading when he pulls that starter or when he uses the right reliever. And so far, uh, it's worked very well for the Astros. And how about the fact that uh, Korea leaves for free agency, but they got this guy, Pena, that steps in and does an amazing job? If it wasn't for uh, Julio Rodriguez and the Mariners, you, you could consider Pena as your American League Rookie of the Year.
3: No, no doubt about it. He's been a godsend without question. Uh, the other thing I want to ask is, when you talk about the uh, NL Central, um, the Brewers are just there, you know, they're they they, they they're leading the division, the Cardinals are there, there's some rumblings that maybe the Cardinals might be in on, on Juan Soto. Uh, who do you see winning that division? Because it's neck and neck between the Brewers and Cardinals.
7: I'm really surprised the Cardinals haven't asserted themselves more, um, just given uh, the balance. Of, of that lineup and the talent they have, uh, it just really hasn't it crystallized at this point. Other than you know, Goldschmidt's going back to you know his what I used to refer to as his Jerry West form, like being back to his days with the Diamondbacks, just getting clutch hits every night. Uh, but I'm really mystified they're not leading this position because I think the Brewers are quite one dimensional with starting pitching and leaning heavily on that. But yet the, the Brewers are up. Yeah, by three games or so in this division, and 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 though the the big the big lefty and the bullpen has had some struggles, they're still three games up. So um, it's going to be a two team race. I would have thought by now the Cardinals would have asserted themselves, but certainly uh, that could happen if they're able to land Soto. Uh,
3: Mark Gonzalez and I are both uh, BBWAA members, and we get to vote. For the Baseball Hall of Fame. And, and I, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. Uh, I'm not, but I do believe there should be one way into the Hall of Fame. And we saw this past Sunday where we had a slew of, uh, old timers and other guys who maybe were, people thought were overlooked. Where are you on? On how you get into because there's like all these new committees now and players are getting in more and more. How? Where are you on this um, as far as the Hall of Fame?
7: I'm worried that these new committees they they started this off season will dilute the Hall of Fame. I'm really worried about it. Um, certainly, you know the the, uh, the committee they had before the 12 team committee, you know that that had picked a lot of. Uh, Guys that might have been snubbed before, I, I kind of understand that. I'm not trying to slight um, our, our brethren, the guys that voted ahead of us; they had the reason right. to. But I'm just worried that it's going to be de- diluted. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm a conservative voter. I'm, it's it's shocking if I we vo- both vote are. For, uh, it's shocking if I vote for more than three guys. I just think it, it's a special place. But you know, having said that, I'm I'm pretty worried about what. What could happen this offseason, season, especially uh, guys that get in that weren't voted in by a by an objective set of eyes? Um, I'm kind of I'm worried about it because you know it all started a few years ago, and and it, God bless Harold Baines, I like him, but um, you know that committee got him in to the Hall of Fame. He's
3: not a Hall of Famer. It's not the, and Harold Baines had a great a, had a very good career, right? Very good yeah. career. Terrific, but man. I'm with you, and I
7: hate to, hate to single him out. But a lot of people were chased at that. But Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm yeah. with
3: you. It's not just him. And as we know, the Veterans Committee, like most of the questionable ones or the reasons, Mark, that people have questions about, well, he's in or whatever, when you look back and do the research, most of the time they're Veteran Committee entries, right?
7: Right, right. So I mean, it's not going to affect the way I vote, but I am worried because I take great pride as you do. And that when you get that that ballot in the mail in late November.
3: My most prized possession, no doubt about it. Uh, His name is Mark Gonzalez, AP baseball writer. Mark Wells, can we read your your stuff out of Chicago?
7: In the Chicago Sun-Times on weekend, I'm a contributor to the baseball coverage and very glad to do so.
3: All right. One of my best friends here in baseball, Mark Gonzalez, joining us here on Inside the Parker. Thanks, Mark.
7: Take care. All the best.
5: Now, bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Track three. He's out. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA, and it isn't even close.
3: Reason number 955 why Major League Baseball is better than the NBA and better than the NFL. It happened on Tuesday when the Jackie Robinson Museum opened in Manhattan. After 14 years of planning, that's right. It is officially open and, uh, history is there. Struggle, sacrifice, winning, doing the right thing. And yes, Rachel Robinson, the 100 year old widow was there to cut the ribbon for this new museum, which we'll talk about, uh, both his career and the struggles for civil rights in, uh, this country. And, uh, this is a place that has to be on your bucket list. Uh, no athlete has had a bigger impact on the American society than Jackie Robinson. I, I just, there's no other way in 1947 when he became the first black player to play in the major leagues. He not only changed baseball, but changed this country. Forever and we can never forget that and it's great that there's a museum that the young people we want to make sure that they understand what a sacrifice this man made how he was willing to uh, work hard to both be accepted and respected and now we can all go to this museum in uh, New York City and uh, read the history and learn more about the great man who was Jackie Robinson. In the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker,
5: out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.